Yay, and today is a very sad day, as country music legend Loretta Lynn has passed away at the age of 90 after a horrifying bungee jumping accident in which her skeleton shot through the top of her fucking skin <laughs> like a trebuchet of death. <laughs> Yay, and our thoughts and prayers go to the family of Loretta Lynn as well as the thousands of middle-aged white trash women <laughs> across the country who have lost an icon. <laughs> Trailer parks across this nation should lower their don't tread on me flags to half mast today in honor of Loretta Lynn's legacy in blonde blue-eyed white Jesus's name we pray stand by your man <laughs> oh man well welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker show as always, I'm your host, Cody Tucker. Be sure to like and subscribe, share with a friend, all that good stuff. I've uh, been an eventful past couple of weeks. I uh, got to be the guest on a few different podcasts that will be coming out shortly, if not already out. Um, just go to my Instagram and those links will be there. Uh, yeah, it's always exciting to get to talk about yourself, so I enjoy it. That is the raging narcissist in me. <laughs> um, so let's see what's going on in the world today. Uh, so the NFL has once again disappointed damn near their entire fan base by announcing the fucking halftime show this year. Uh, well, I guess 2023 will be fucking Rihanna, which look, I mean, I, you know, I fucking pull my pork to her just like any other, you know, warm-blooded male. But for fuck's sake, like, they have to be able to do better for a halftime show than, than that. I mean, god damn. The halftime shows have been such a letdown for god damn, for like year, for a decade. Going on a decade, the halftime shows have been fucking terrible. You had Lady Gaga... Uh, <laughs> Katy Perry, fucking, who else? Adam Levine, that shit was weird as hell. Uh, Beyonce's actually wasn't too bad. Um, fucking The Weeknd, like a bunch of, like, it makes us, and which, it's crazy, the NFL, or the NFL didn't announce it, but it was seemed like a bit of a leak that the, it got kind of like leaked out that Taylor Swift was going to perform, which, fuck me. Even worse, Taylor Swift might be one of the most annoying people on the face of the earth. Um, I really just, look, I mean, I know I probably sound like an old fucking curmudgeon, but new music just sucks ass. It's hard to fucking argue against that, really. Like, I mean, it's just, there's nothing, there's nothing unique, nothing original, very little talent. And, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of m music from the past that's very much the same way. Like, 
hair metal is arguably one of the most talentless genres of music ever. But I still fucking like it. And there are some talented people that were part of that genre. But, I mean, compare, like, you just can't compare music of today to music of, you know, yesteryears. Because it was just so much fucking better. Like, who today is even kind of comparable to people like, I mean, goddamn, like, the icons that existed throughout, like, from the 60s to 90s, where, whether it's Elvis, Michael Jackson, uh, Prince, Mariah Carey, like, Whitney Houston, like, you can't even fucking compare anyone to that. Beyonce, maybe. She's fucking horrible. So... I don't know why, because the NFL seemed to, for a while, have the halftime show pretty pretty nailed down. Like, you would have U2, Bruce Springsteen, Prince, the Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney. Uh, I mean, Tom Petty is a bit of a letdown, but still. Uh, who the fuck else did the halftime show? Uh, I think Aerosmith and ZZ Top did it one year. Like, there, I mean, there have been... U2, did I say that? U2 did it. I mean, there have been a shitload of halftime shows that were incredible. Prince, for sure, number one. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a halftime show that has touched that. But I think, like, it got ruined by The Who. The Who fucking I has to be the reason why they gave up on having, like, older bands performing the halftime show. Because that was... God damn, that was miserable. It was like giving two senile dementia patients, a you know, a microphone and a guitar, and saying, "Hey, go, go play your hits." I mean, it was fucking bad. And I mean, maybe I'm being biased because in general, I think the Who is a shit band. Uh, and also, Pete Townsend is a fucking pedophile, which uh, somehow he gets a pass on that. And nobody really even knows that he is. Like, this son of a bitch got caught with a lot of child porn on his computer. And his, you know, reasoning behind it was that uh, he, he thinks that he was molested as a child. And so he was wanting to do research on pedophilia so that he could basically, like, catch pedophiles. Like, he was trying to become, like, Chris Hansen. <laughs> you know, have a seat. Go ahead. Have a seat. Um, and, yeah. And was like, oh, no, I'm just doing research on pedophilia. Like, hey, don't. Like, you're a fucking millionaire. You're the guitarist for one of the most iconic bands of all time. Even though I think they're pretty goddamn horrible. Like, you don't need to become a fucking vigilante. Like, you're not goddamn Bruce Wayne. Like, just, you know, hang out in your mansion with a wife that I'm sure is way younger. Uh, probably not young enough for him. <laughs> and, you know, just die in peace like rock stars are supposed to. Like, you don't have to become the Cape Crusader of, you know, diddling. Wild. But, yeah, so he gets that shit and, you know... Nobody can, nobody says shit about Pete Townsend being a pedophile. There's so many examples of rock stars who, look, I 
grew up basically idolizing rock stars. The way I'm sure a lot of people did. But a lot of them are scumbags. Like it is, you know, it is undeniable that there is a lot of kind of creepy shit that happens in rock music. Like Don Henley was a pedophile. Uh, Don Henley, drummer, singer of the Eagles. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember when this was, but it was not, I don't think, that long ago. Apparently, a phone call got called to his house about a girl overdosing, and it turned out it was like two 16-year-old girls that were in his house. <laughs> Over, and one of them was overdosing. Um, shit, Jimmy Page, David Bowie, and I think Mick Jagger. I know Jimmy Page and David Bowie were both banging the same chick when she was 14. Um, and, like, Jimmy Page had her, like, locked in this fucking house or his you know, weird fucking castle that he had. On Loch Ness, which is, I'll be honest, for a long time in my life, I didn't know that Loch Ness actually existed. Um, But yeah, Jimmy Page owned Aleister Crowley's castle in Loch Ness and basically kept this bitch locked up in this castle because he didn't want anybody to know he was fucking a 14-year-old. I mean, clever move, you know, but still. I mean, who else? I mean, obviously, you know, the Jerry Lee Lewis, like Elvis. Elvis's is kind of... mm, but, yeah, I mean, and Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry is the king of creepy shit. <laughs> this motherfucker had a restaurant in Georgia, I think, somewhere in Georgia, that had security cameras set up in the women's restrooms, and he had been recording women taking shits and pisses for, like, a decade. And because it's just a security camera running nonstop, it isn't just women that he's taking videos of. Some of them are like little kids and teenagers. Like, and he had all these tapes in his house, like thousands of hours of footage of just women, like dropping logs, which, you know, not to kink shame, but (laughs) fucking hell, that is, that's not my thing. So it's just, I mean, rock music has had issues. Um, But, they should still be performing the halftime show. Like, I I get into so many fucking arguments about this, about how... With just people who don't know shit about rock music, so they, like, try to shit on it as though, like, pop, rap, country are all superior, which is a total crock of shit. Um, and, like, when this, you know, with this Elvis movie that came out, which is fucking incredible. Um, I have never been, like... Just a massive Elvis fan. I mean, I am an Elvis fan for sure. But not like idolizing the dude the way a lot of people do. Or at least did. Like, I I just saw him as being like, yeah, pretty fucking talented guy. And insanely influential and iconic. Uh, kind of the same way I look at Michael Jackson. Like, I don't think, I mean, I think Michael Jackson was a super talented. But I'm way more of a Prince fan. Uh, and Elvis, I kind of put in that same boat. Like I'm way more, I would much rather listen to like Johnny Cash or, um, little Richard than I would Elvis. But I think Elvis is, you know, he deserves the fame that he has or had in the movie, like Austin Butler. You, I mean, I know the Oscars are a fucking sham, but he should a hundred percent win the Oscar for best actor. Like that shit is incredible. But I've had so many, like, 
just hearing so much like shit talking about Elvis from like people I know and just on the fucking, you know, when I read the internet before I go to bed <laughs> and just seeing all these people like, you know, like there's this fucking video going around or was going around of Ray Charles who fuck Ray Charles. Uh, I mean, unpopular opinion, but he was a fucking drug addict kind of shit i mean ray charles does not deserve the credit that he has gotten stevie wonder his grandson did it way better uh, like as far as being you know blind like who is a better blind person than stevie wonder like it's stevie wonder helen keller jose feliciano and then ray charles <laughs> and helen keller was into fucking eugenics so that really says a lot about Ray Charles. But anyways, so but this video clip has been going around where somebody was asking Ray Charles what he thought about Elvis. And he basically said, yeah, he wasn't doing anything special. I've seen people, which immediately was a red flag. Uh, but he said, you know, I saw, saw people who were way better, way more talented. Uh, a, no, you didn't. Like, who in the fuck? Like, why would you trust a fucking blind person to tell you? how good someone is at performing. Cause that's mostly what he was talking about was that like his he wasn't doing any dance moves that were any different. How would he know that? How in the fuck would Ray Charles know whether or not Elvis was doing dance moves that were unique or not? I mean, somebody was just telling him that going, Hey Ray, by the way, the, uh, this motherfucker's ripping us off and he had to just take their word for it. Not that he wasn't right. I mean, there's just a big difference between stealing and, being just highly influenced by something. Um, the argument that a lot of like these fucking woke, like young, but people about my age who just like want to seem super fucking woke and like, like they know anything. The, the, the big fucking talking point when it comes to Elvis is like, Oh, he just stole music from black people. And that's all he was. He was a thief, just stole music from like black people who didn't get credit for it. Well, you know, um, no, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, that's not how that fucking worked. Like, so how the music industry, especially back in the fifties worked was that you would have three different charts. Uh, you would have the R and B charts. So like billboard charts, you have R and B charts, pop charts, country charts, you have those three. So this is kind of like before rock became big. Uh, and a thing that would happen is that you would have, let's say Hank Williams has a song, on the country music charts that's doing really fucking well. You would have somebody on the, say, R&B charts that's like, hey, I want to do a cover of that song. And because it's a super successful song on the country music charts, so we know it's a good song. I want to do a cover, or I, somebody from the record label, rather, would say, I want my artist who just needs a little push. I want him to do a cover of that Hank Williams song for the R&B charts. It's going to help you because you get credit for it because you wrote the song and it's going to help us because it is a famous song and we're going to do our, an R and B rendition. It's, it's a win-win for both people. And that went back both ways or all three ways between pop country, R and B, all three charts would do that. They would do, I mean, covers were like, look up any song from like the late forties to mid fifties there's a cover of that song. Whatever song it is you can find, there is at least one other genre cover of that song. And so when Elvis came along, 
that was already in practice, already a thing. And Elvis just did it, did it, did it the same way. He didn't, it, how people make it seem is that Elvis was like sneaking into like black clubs in Memphis and like writing down the lyrics to their songs and like, you know, with a tape recorder copying what the fuck they were doing. That's not how that worked. One, Elvis was like super good friends with all these people in these like, in like the, you know, black area of Memphis. Because Elvis grew up basically being like the only white kid in Tupelo, Mississippi. And grew up just around like a lot of like black culture. So when he moved to Memphis, like at an older age, he would, that's like where he felt like he fit in more. So he didn't hang out in the white, like, I mean, Memphis at the time was just a complete shithole, whether you were white or black. But he was like, well, I'm not hanging out with the poor white people. I'd rather hang out like in the black area, like Beale Street, because at least the music's fucking amazing. And they seem to like me more. Like these white people don't like me because I dress kind of weird and my hair's greased back. Like, and, you know, so he would go hang out with like he became real good friends with B.B. King. And uh, I mean, he met little Richard at like a young age, like he was like in the music scene, in the rock slash R&B music scene in the 50s in Memphis. And the another huge argument that fucking just retarded people want to make is that they only bring up, which just shows how little they fucking know about anything. They just bring up Hound Dog. They're like, he stole Hound Dog from Big Mama Thornton, which nobody even knows who the fuck Big Mama Thornton is who is actually making this point. But their argument is like, oh, well... Elvis was just, Elvis stole that song from her and she didn't get any credit for it. Well, uh, half of that is true. Uh, she didn't get credit for it in the sense of getting paid for it. But that isn't because Elvis was like, uh, don't pay her because she's black. Like, Elvis didn't pay her because she didn't write the fucking song. The song was written by these two middle-aged guys. Like, the two middle-aged, uh, I think they were both Jewish, actually, which was actually pretty common back then, too, is that you would have, like, these middle-aged guys who knew kind of the formula for like a blues song or a country song or pop, whatever they knew the formula, but they were not, they themselves were not musically inclined and not good performers. So they would be hired by record companies to write a fucking hundreds of songs. And then their artists on the record label would be like, all right, here's yours. Here's yours. And like pass them out basically. And that's what happened with big Mama Thornton in that song, Hound Dog. It was remember these two like 40 year old guys and she performed it, like performed like, you know, the blues, this like fucking amazing blues version of the song. But it isn't her song. So when Colonel Tom Parker, who is a massive piece of shit um, and was Elvis's manager, when it came time to do that cover and you pay the person who is to be paid, it isn't her because she did not write the song. It's not her song. So they did pay the people who were supposed to get paid. They paid those two guys to, uh, you know, through the record label to, to cover that song. That's how it works. If you are not credited as a songwriter, it's not your goddamn song. No matter how popular you make the song, doesn't matter. If you are not credited as a, as a, as goddamn, as a songwriter, it is not yours. So, I mean, and that's how actually a lot of Elvis's songs were. Elvis didn't write hardly any of his fucking songs. Uh, he just did like renditions of other songs, uh, which is why I, one of the reasons why I don't hold him to just this massively high standard, because I think to really be appreciated as a musician, you have to write your own songs, just how it is. Like, it's one of the reasons why 
I have a hard time liking, especially like new rap. Because it's just, if you even wrote the song, it's so fucking like elementary. Like, I mean, it's like, it's like a 40 year old is writing it. Um, whereas if you listen to rap from, especially like the 90s, which is to me like the heyday of rap. I mean, you listen to people like Nas, Rakim, KRS-One, uh, like those guys are like lyrical geniuses. Uh, Tupac, for sure. Like those are like, I mean, actual like poets who just happen to be basically reciting poetry in rhythm on, uh, you know, other people's music. Because that's what like a beat is. It's just splicing together other people's music. Uh, so I don't have any appreciation for like the beat part of it because it's fucking stealing, but I have a huge appreciation for like the lyricism of like nineties rap, which is kind of just a done thing. And and if you are lyrically inclined in any way, people look at you like you're a fucking loser in like rap. Like it's way better to be some fucking kid who's, you know, just taking a handful of Xanax and can barely slur together a sentence. But, you know, rock music's fucking gone to shit, too, so I can't really say much. But it's just very interesting how little people know about shit and then want to still talk shit about shit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, the history of rock music's fucking fascinating because it's just uh, people really don't know as much about it as you would think they would because it is the most successful music genre of all time. Like, nothing is even a close... There's no close second. Second place... Uh, very far. Like, pop music would be second place, and pop music isn't even close. So, um, but yeah, I mean, to just shit on Elvis, and like, I mean, the the crazy one to me is people who shit on the Beatles. Now, look, I shit on John Lennon a lot, uh, because as far as I'm concerned, John Lennon was a scumbag. Um, I mean, abandoned his first wife and kid just to get with fucking Yoko Ono. God damn. I mean, she must have had a vagina that, like, I mean, just steals people. Like, for you, I mean, for you to leave, I mean, I don't know what is, Cynthia Lennon, I think was his first wife. I don't know what the fuck she looked like, but she had to look better than that. God damn, and at least, talk, like, I don't know. So, but yeah, and from all accounts, John Lennon was a complete shithead. And just the whole idea of, like, the fake, um, like, fake communism worship from people who are fucking millionaires, who are, like, you know, all about, like, the working class. Like, like John Lennon has one of his most famous songs is Working Class Hero. In what fucking world is John Lennon a working class human being? I mean... Yeah, you maybe grew up that way, but you sure as hell weren't working class whenever you were fucking, you know, shitting out millions of dollars. It's the same thing with, like, Rage Against the Machine. Massive fan of Rage Against the Machine's music. And I think Zach De La Roca, another amazing lyricist. But fucking Tom Morello is full of shit. Like, that dude is a millionaire who hates the idea of people being rich. <laughs> it's such a common thing. To see like that kind of hypocritical shit where it's like, oh, well, I'm an artist, so it's okay for me to be a millionaire and have just a shitload of money. 
have a massive mansion, fly first class everywhere, have like all this fame and fortune. But if somebody owns a business and they are just as rich as I am or more, they're fucking evil. <laughs> it's like, and like Tom Morello's whole like agenda is very like radical Che Guevara, um, you know, Castro, similar, like Trotsky, Lenin, like very, you know, uh, was it the proletariat? Isn't the proletariat the working class or is that the bourgeoisie? I think it's the bourgeoisie. Act. No, proletariat. I think the proletariat is supposed to be like the working class. Or but, dude, like you aren't that unless you gave away all your money. If you gave away all your money, I'd fully be like, yeah, dude, that dude is about the fucking communist life. But he isn't. Tom Morello's got a fucking mansion. Tom Morello's not driving around in a goddamn beat-up Honda Civic. So, fuck off. But that's the same kind of, like, hypocritical shit that John Lennon had. John Lennon's no goddamn different. Dude lived in a mansion, had millions of dollars, and was like, you know... Trying and beating the shit out of his wife and kid, but you know, talking about world peace. <laughs> like, like, dude, fuck off. Be more like George Harrison. George Harrison didn't seem to give a shit about shit. So, be more like him. I mean, look at Ringo. Ringo didn't give a fuck about anything, and that's that's what you should be like. Uh, but, but you know, to go back to the argument, like the people who shit on the Beatles. That to me is insane. I be, uh, so if you are a fan of rock music in any way, you cannot. Well, you cannot like their music for sure because you cannot like anybody's music. But you cannot deny that they are they are the most influential group of artists who have ever lived. Music wise, I mean. Actually, no, fuck that. They're the most influential artists who have ever lived. Like, they're way more influential than fucking Michelangelo. Who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> I bet you didn't think you'd hear any Michelangelo hate. Uh, <laughs> but there it was. So, I mean, so if you think about, like, which also a lot of this is just from people, you know, not knowing shit about rock music, but, like, which, you know, I hate that this is all turned into just basically a rock history lesson. But the shit is fascinating to me, and maybe you'll think so too. I don't know. Um, if not, there are fucking 30,000 podcasts. So, <laughs> uh, But rock music was basically dead by the time the Beatles came along. Like There was no rock music anymore. Uh, rock music was seen as being a fad, which it was, which in our heads now we think, well, that's fucking ridiculous because rock music was around you know, since the 50s and it's only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger until, well, until like recently, but that is not true. So the like founders of rock, like the, uh, you know, kind of golden age, as you will, about rock music were Elvis, Little Richard, Jerry Lee, so, okay, so, in the 50s, there was a, a golden age of rock music with a bunch of musicians who were making these rock records and massively successful. That all started in about 1954. By 1961, all of them were gone. Every one of those people were done, like rock music. So, 
You have Elvis. In ni- Elvis, by 1961, is in the military. So he's not making music. You have Jerry Lee Lewis. In 1959, the media finds out that that son of a bitch married his 13-year-old cousin. And so he gets dropped from everything. People are like, fuck that. Even in the 50s, <laughs> it was a no-go to marry your 13-year-old cousin. So he's not making music. Then you have Little Richard. Little Richard, in 1960, becomes gets basically a dream that God is talking to him and says, you should become a minister. So he says, rock music is the devil. I'm out of here. So Little Richard is gone. So no music from him. Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry in 1960 gets caught violating the Mann Act. The Mann Act is basically, uh, is if you follow the news, is what R. Kelly was basically convicted of. It's whenever you bring a minor across state lines uh, for sexual purposes. So Chuck Berry, notorious uh, pedo, got busted then. So he's not making music. He's in prison. Then you have Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper, three legendary musicians. In 19, February 1959, they die in a plane crash. So they're not making music. Then you have Carl Perkins. He gets into a car crash. He's dead. No more music. Then you have Eddie Cochran. 1960, he gets into a car crash. He's dead. Then you have Gene Vincent. He's in the same fucking car crash as Eddie Cochran is. So he is basically fucked off. You know, completely not dead, but he ain't making music. Um, then there's like Johnny Cash, who basically is like, Hey, rock's done. I'm going back to making country music. You have Fats Domino, who says, Rock's dead. I'm going back to making like more jazz, R&B music. Um, and that's about it. Those are like the legends of rock of the 50s. So by 1961, there is no rock music, there is no person making rock music. But the Beatles grew up listening to this shit and being huge fans of like Carl Perkins, um, you know, all these dudes like Elvis, Carl Perkins, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, like massive fans of theirs. So they're in Germany performing in Hamburg, Germany, you know, fucking eight hours a night in these bars were filled with basically just uh, transsexuals and bikers. And so the Beatles are doing some wild shit. Um, which you can actually like read some crazy stories about what it was like for them in Germany back then, like how they tricked a like 15 year old George Harrison into losing his virginity to a, uh, transvestite prostitute. (laughs) Um, and them just doing crazy amounts of speed. So they're still making that music, but it is a dead trend like a dead fad nobody gives a fuck anymore nobody cares really like the the record companies in london are just like all right well we were gonna give this a shot but we'll just go back to making pop music and pretty much same in america so they go through like all these different record companies like deca atlantic columbia like all these massive labels and they're all basically told the same thing we don't want to sign you because guitar music is dead Uh, So then they finally get signed by, I think, EMI Records, which at the time was a nobody record. I mean, it was a small record label. They're like, fuck it, we'll take a chance. Then they become the highest selling band in the history of the world. And still are. So, yeah, I mean, without the Beatles, there is no rock music. There's no 
Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Rush, Meta- and then there's no metal that comes after that. Metallica, Sabbath, Slayer, like all that shit does not exist without the Beatles. I mean, you could say it doesn't exist without Elvis, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, but not really, because they were fucking done. I mean, they had abandoned or been fucking imprisoned or killed uh, before. So, there's a little history lesson for you. Um, Whether or not that was interesting, only time will tell. (laughs) But uh, I think that will wrap up this episode. Stay tuned. Got some new episodes coming out soon, different interviews. Uh, and then just follow me on Instagram at the Cody Tucker for any other information. Goodbye. <laughs>